connected, please. All right, can you hear me okay? Nice. I don't like that wraparound thing very much. Well, I have an announcement to make first, and I want you all to know that my announcement does not count against my lecture time. So for all of those who are timing me, the next two minutes don't count, okay? Hey, we have had a great couple of days, and uh, I think I can, I can say this with full confidence that on behalf of Craig and myself and the elders, we really appreciate everybody who, who traveled here to join us for the Montana State Lectures. We really appreciate those who spoke. So we had great lessons from Matt, and, and yesterday uh, Scott led us in a lesson. And then we had some, uh, a good breakout session led by Scott and Jerry Ford. Last night had a wonderful lesson from uh, Coy Martin, and then this morning, of course, our lesson with Keith. And it just wasn't the lessons, it was the fellowship, right? It was, it was the getting together, it was being together, and all of that happened because we had people uh, helping with registration, we had great snacks and pastries. I, th I heard people just came for the pastries. I just came for the lunch. I mean, when Vani puts on a lunch, you better be here, because it's going to be good. And we had people taking care of the building, so I, th I think it's appropriate that we give honor where honor is due. If, if we could give a, a round of applause to all those involved. All right, you can start your timer now. You know, we're, we're going to uh, answer a couple of questions this morning in our lesson time. And uh, one of the questions that we're going to answer is, does a name matter? Does a name matter? And, and of course, yep, you can imagine we're going to talk about the name of the Lord. And we're going to talk about the name of His Son, Jesus. But we're also going to answer the question, does our name matter? Whose name? Our name. Uh, Pat Lair, David Spencer, who else is here? Pam Hunt, Jeff Sutherland. Do our names matter? And when we answer that question, it will tie back into, you know, the theme for the lectureships, the highs and the lows, the peaks and the valleys, using Psalm. And, and the first thing that I want to do is really talk about the name of the Lord, and I think that there is a psalm, just a couple of verses, that really bring it out. So if you want to look at Psalm 29, verses 1 and 2, depending on your version, you, you might hear or, or read the word ascribe or, or acknowledge. I'm going to bring that translation up to 2022 in Billings, Montana, uh, when, when I translate this verse for you, because I think that this probably has a, more, a better meaning for it. So when we say the, the term, give it all, I think that we have a recognition of what that means, give everything. Um, we also use a term like, give it up. Give it up to somebody. That means like, give it all to somebody. So I'm going to read it a couple of times throughout the lesson, but the first one, Psalm 29, verses 1 and 2. Give it all to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. Give it all to the Lord, glory and strength. Give it all to the Lord, glory do His name. Worship the Lord in holy array. I think this goes well into those of us who have understood what Jesus said when he was, you know, was asked, teach us to pray, hallowed be thy name, Lord. Glory and honor to the name of God was recognized by Jesus as well. And if you've been listening to the lessons, there's certainly somebody, a name that we need to trust in. 
And that is in the name of our God, the name of the Lord. And if you listen to the scripture reading from Caleb from Psalm 32, this is a great journey from the valleys to the peaks. Are we in a valley when we're in sin? Yes, we are. But we get to the valley when we confess our sins before God because it says that God forgives us. And then how does that psalm end? Rejoicing. Rejoicing because we have been forgiven. I want to read another psalm to you. Probably along those same lines. Let's take a look at Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember and I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go along with the throng and lead them in procession procession to the house of God with the voice of joy and thanksgiving, a power, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. O my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan and the peaks of Hermon from the Mount of Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and his song will be with me in the night, a prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries revile me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. Sometimes I think that we might be in that valley when, we, when we're in despair now and, and we think of times past when things were better, and yet this brings us to the point that there is something that we can do. We can trust in Him. We can rely on Him. Because it says in verse 8, His love commands. He will command His love towards us. But you know, we spend a lot of time talking about being in the valleys, but you know what? God appreciates it when we are on the mountaintops too, when we believe, and sometimes we self-define what that is, when, when we are on the mountaintop. It's okay when things are going well, but I think what God wants from us is to make sure that we understand why we are there and what God appreciates when we are on the mountaintop. Let's go over to uh, Psalm 147, please. Psalm 147. And I'm just going to pick out a couple of verses here. Psalm 147, verses 10 and 11. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He does not take pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord favors those who fear Him, those who wait for His loving kindness. Now to bring especially verse 10 into modern day terminology, God doesn't care if we're at the top of the world and we are strong. It's okay if we are. But what God really appreciates is somebody who trusts in Him, right? Who waits on His loving kindness. And, and, and Keith started to touch on Psalm 91. I thought, oh no, Keith's going to go too far, man. He's going he's to he's trump right all over, right all over a scripture. But he didn't. He just bled right up to it. Set it up so well. Because I want you to turn to Psalm 91. I think if we had a preference... We would rather be on the mountaintop than the valley, right? 
I, I, I don't know very many people that wake up each day and say, I cannot wait to be in the valley. I just cannot wait to be in despair. It is awesome being there. That's not true. That's not true. We'd rather be on the mountaintop. And there's somebody who puts us there. So when we look at Psalm 91, it's an interesting, fascinating change in dialogue. First part of Psalm 91 is, is really the, the writer talking to us about putting our trust in God, being under God's sheltering wings, verses 1 through 13. But in, in verse 14, the dialogue switches, and it's God talking. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high to our theme. I will set those that love me on the mountaintop. Because he has known my name, he will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. God is the one that can set us on the mountaintop when we trust in him. And then there's Psalm 25, and that is a song that really speaks to the good times, being humble, and how God will bless us. But we're not going to go there because that's what we're going to do in small groups this afternoon. So if you want some homework for small groups, you're going to read Psalm 25. And if you're hitting the road, like I know that Randy and Nick, they got to drive back to Mountain State Children's Home in Colorado, you think that you might be off the hook. Not so. Randy and Nick, I expect a full book report on Psalm 25 by tomorrow at noon. Double space, 10 pages. Oh, I'll find you. I read it once, and I think it's uh, worthy of reading it again. Psalm 29, 1 and 2. I'm going to use that different phrase this time. Give it up to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. Give it up to the Lord, glory and strength. Give it up to the Lord, the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in holy array. But what about our name? Is our name important? I think that it is. You know, the name is something, your name is something that you carry with us every day, right? Unless you go through the legal procession to have your name changed, when you wake up in the morning, you are Jeff Lair. When I wake up in the morning, I am Jeff Sutherland. And those names mean something. So when we have taken a look at the Psalms, we really understand that there is a name that we should worship and honor. But we're going to jump over and take a look at Proverbs 22, please. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, verses 1 and 2. A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. The rich and the poor have a common bond. The Lord is the maker of them all. A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. When people think of your name, what comes to their mind? I'm going to give you a couple of examples that deal with the highs and lows of life, and they are extremes. And as I read these examples, I did not get them from anybody here in the congregation. So if you think, oh, he's talking about me. That really is no, it's not intended, okay? So let's talk about the highs and lows of life. So somebody's in a, in a valley. Her name is Valerie. And when Valerie's name comes up, could this be said about here? 
Oh man, Valerie, she is really in a difficult situation right now. She is going through some real struggles, but you know what? She is a joy to be around. Despite everything that is going on in her life, she says that God is going to take me through this. God is the one that is going to get me through it. And then she asks if there's anything that she can do for me. Out of all of the difficult situations, she asks me if there's something I can do for her. Or is this what might come to mind? Uh, that Valerie, man, she is in a tough spot, but i got to tell you, she is difficult to be around. She is so down all of the time, she just blames God for everything, and then it seems like every time I turn around, she thinks I've done something bad to her. Or what about Doug? You know that Doug, <laughs> he's really got some great things going for him right now. He just finished up college, he got a great job, and his fiance just said, I will, to that big question, will you marry me? But you know what Doug does? Doug gives all the credit to God. He says, I am here by the grace of God. Yep, I am blessed. And I'm trying to figure out how to use those blessings to serve Him because God has been really good to me. So Doug's on a mountaintop. Or is this said about Doug? Things are really going well for Doug, but i got to tell you what, he is difficult to be around. It's all about Doug. Doug put himself through college. Doug did everything he could to woe his woman. And you should, you should just hear how Doug went on and on about his interview process, how good he was to get that job. He never once mentioned the Lord. I don't know, Doug, Doug's kind of hard to be around. You know, when those names come up, we have a reputation that follows our name. Would you agree? I think by this point that you would agree that when names are said, there immediately comes a reputation to it. Let me share a couple of names with you. Claude Henson, Mary Miller, Gary Miller, Sandy Vandergriff. You may not know those names. A lot of you who worship in buildings do those names. Man, those are names of honor for me. They have been great examples to me. And some of them as they ended, ended, ended their time on earth, man, they were positive. No matter what they were going through, God's going to get me through, and I'm okay. And I can say their names this morning because I can't embarrass them right here today because they've gone on. They're with the Lord, amen? And I can tell you this, I can look out at the eyes of many of you, and I'm not going to embarrass you, but your name is good with me. <laughs> you are such an encouragement to me. So I think that, I think that our name matters. When I was doing this lesson, I had already kind of picked out Proverbs 22 that I was going to leap from Psalms and, uh, over into Proverbs. And you know what? God is so great in the way that He brings material right before my eyes when I need it. How often I'm going through a struggle and, and, and He sends me something from somebody else that says, that is what I needed today. It might be a daily devotional, but in this case, it was a daily prayer that, that the church here gets from somebody that puts them together, and it was over Proverbs 22. Oh, that is cool, but I want to read it for you. I have to hold it back a bit. So this was the daily prayer for February 17th. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. And here was the prayer. Take, take this to heart. Thank you, Father, for the gift of a new day and the opportunity to wear your name, Jesus. Please let us remember every day 
today and every day, that we wear Your name, the best name ever. May all around us see You through us today, and may our pursuit be to glorify Your holy name. When others speak of us and know us, may it be said we wore the name of Jesus. May it not be that we sought silver or gold. Help us, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, there's a prayer that we need to adopt in our lives, right? That when our name is said, what comes to people's mind? Well, I tell you what, what I would hope. When our name comes out, the first thing that would come to other people's mind is that they are a Christian. That they are a Christian. That they believe in the Lord God. That they trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And maybe the second thing that they would associate with our name is servant. That they not only are a Christian in name, but they are a Christian in deed, right? That we are known for good works. Craig has given a lesson a couple Sundays ago, you know, that really centered around Matthew 5.16, that we would be lights, that we would let our light shine, that people would see our good works, and there is a result, that it would glorify who? God. It would glorify the Father who is in heaven. So it's not about our good works glorifying us in the peaks and valleys of our lives. It is about what we do to bring honor and glory to God when our name comes up in conversation. Because you know that there's a reputation there whether people know you directly or not. That when your name is said, that they have a vision of who you are. And we need to be known as a Christian and a servant. That's what we should strive for. Um, yesterday in, in, in Scott's lesson, you know, this word transparency came out. Because if you, if you read the book of Psalms, man, it is utterly revealing in feelings, right? People laying it out before God and others, just, just utterly sharing deep in heart. That, that's transparency. I'm going to be transparent with you. There's some names that concern me. There's some names that concern me. So whose names concern me? Well, there are names that I can think of that knew the grace of Jesus Christ that knew the value of God and understood the church, and they walked away from it. Those names concern me for those who knew God and have now walked away. And you think about what Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit their soul? Lose their soul. Doesn't matter what they gain in the world if they lose their soul. I I am concerned about people who sit in these pews most Sundays, check the box, I went to church but do not have a true relationship with God, who have not committed their lives to Him. That's why Jesus told His disciples, you know what, if if you want to follow Me, you need to give up what you want to do and pick up My cross and follow Me. I am concerned about those people who know what they should do and do not because they don't want to give up the life that they're leading. I am concerned about the names that I don't even know. The names of the lost. The names who have not heard of the name of Jesus. That's why Jesus said, you need to go into all of the world and preach the gospel to all of creation. So, i got to tell you, I am thankful for everybody who shares the gospel. Whether they're in Billings, Montana, 
Cape Town, South Africa, uh, the right now war-torn areas in the Ukraine, I am thankful for those who will say, let me tell you about Jesus. I am concerned about those people who wear the name of Christians, but they do not care about their reputation. Yep, I'm a Christian, but I don't really care what other people think about me. I am who I am. I think those people probably forget why Paul said, Romans chapter 12, if at all possible, be at peace with people, because our name matters. Our reputation matters, and we should have a reputation of peace. I am concerned about the names that are not written in God's book of life. And so sometimes we think, oh, he's just talking about Revelation chapter 20. I am, but you know what? There's other scriptures that really reference this idea of God writing, enrolling a name in a book, the book of life. I am confident in one thing. 100% confident in something. I am 100% confident that my name is written in the book of life. But don't get me wrong. (laughs) It's not because I'm always on the mountaintop of faith. And because I am so faithful, I am worthy to be in the book of life. It's not because in the the valleys of my life, out of my desperation, I have just 100% always relied on God, so I am worthy to be in the book of life. No. I'm 100% confident, 100% sure of my salvation because Jesus put my name there. And I, and, I, and I hope you did, you did hear Keith's lesson because, you know, we're really tag-teaming here. We should have assurance of our salvation. The mountaintop for us at all times should be that our name is written in the book of life. Amen? Because of what Jesus has done for us. When we, when we took communion today, that was saying, I believe 100% sure that Jesus died that I might live with Him for eternity. Right? Don't take communion with, well, I might get there. It might have been enough. Jesus' sacrifice was enough. His death, burial, and resurrection was part of God's plan. We've got to have confidence in that. We must have confidence in that. You know what? Jesus had his highs and low points as well, right? He went through some valleys and some peaks. I think he was deeply frustrated by the lack of, uh, lack of faith in people. And yet, and yet he had some highs too when he recognized the faith of people too that trusted in the Lord God. We need to trust in the sacrifice of Jesus. I hope that you are 100% convinced today that you are saved. While the world may have looked upon that man on the cross and said, oh, he's defeated. I think that that was a mountaintop for Jesus. It was painful. It was terrible separated from his father, but he said a couple, he said a lot of important things, about seven I think, but there was a couple of important ones. He said it is finished. In complete humility, in complete submission before God, he finished God's plan for us. And then in complete trust, he told the Lord, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. We should have that same type of faith. Despite As broken as we are, we need to come before Jesus and say, into into your hands, Lord, I do commit my spirit. I am yours. I heard a wise person say, I'm not sure she's here today, but she's very wise. 
As she's working with people in the prison ministry, she's explaining to these ladies in difficult situations, I'm no better than you, but I'm saved. Because she has full assurance in Jesus. Listen, if you are not 100% confident that you are saved, I pray that you will gain that confidence today, that you will put your trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're going to sing a song in just a moment, and if there's anything that this church can do to help you get there, to pray with you, to to help you understand what God wants from um, a life of repentance, a life of change that puts you on the right path to God, to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sin where you go in a sinner and you come out, what Keith talked about this morning, a God-made saint. We would love to help you with that in any way. If you want to join one of the shepherds in the back or find me as we stand and sing, we'd love to help you out. Thank you for listening.